buddy, Endgame, uh, Dominic and I, uh, we've been out of the game for about nine months, you know, due to uh, life circumstance and uh, transition to new jobs, transition of new homes. Uh, but me and Dominic have been trying to get this on the books for the longest, and we were finally able to uh, to knock it out. We were almost close last week, but I uh, I had to I had to text my boy with the my kids and my wife want to see Boss Baby too, so I had to I had to I had to divert the mission. And, and, and take my really kids and my wife to see. Yeah, I had to see Boss Baby, which was a good movie. I thought it was entertaining. There's like, there's you know, some uh, some grooming in there, if you will. You know, influencing from Hollywood. But anytime you step foot on any platform of any movie or any uh, major media platform, you're going to have an agenda, a corporate agenda. But we already know that. But hey, welcome, brother. And I, I open it up to you, man. Yeah, man. Uh, it's been a minute, and uh, but we communicate regularly and what's going on with current events and what's going on with our country. And uh, I know we have less than an hour booked here that we scheduled for. So I just want to go right into it, man. I really believe today that the great state of Texas uh, started the official second civil war. And that move was, and Governor Abbott had broke this down back in April. And he said, hey, we're going to start building facilities and we're going to start apprehending illegal immigrants. This was back in April and it started on Wednesday. So they're expecting thousands and hundreds of thousands of detainees that um, are here, here illegally, according to Texas. And according, obviously, to my belief as well. But that, I believe, is the official shot fired for the for the the second civil war and and, and I'm going to tell you what's and this is just just a few things that are going to take place. You're going to start seeing sanctuary states take Texas to the highest court for this because they're going to break out. This is a racist move because we don't know in detail yet. It'll come out, but we don't know in detail where Texas. Texas law, law enforcement officials can apprehend these people. Is it at the? Is it at a residence? Is it at a supermarket? Is it at church? You know, there is there's levels to the game here. But in my belief, I think it's going to be open game, open season on anywhere they're at. They get pulled over, and I can see how some people feel like that's discrimination. Like you're pulling me over because you think. I may drive an illegal alien vehicle or I made, you know what I'm saying? This, this is, there's so much stuff that can come to this, bro. And you know that the Dems can play this hand. So you're going to start seeing where Texas is sued, bro. I mean, we're seeing where Biden is sued, right? By, by these conservative states, if you want to call them that, if you want to call them that. But you're going to start seeing sanctuary states sue Texas. And this is going to get heated, bro. Like this is a racist thing. Like, why are you pulling over Latinos? Like, even though Latinos make up almost half the state of Texas. this So where does this go? Like, you could be pulled over, bro. I don't live in Texas. Don't worry. You could be pulled over. Where are we going with this, bro? Obviously, you can be able to, you don't have a, you know, you can pull out your, your DOD card. You can flash. Yeah, exactly, bro. You're as American as it gets. But you get what I'm saying? This is like the shot right here, bro. This is where, this is it. This is the, the line that's drawn in the sand. What other state is going to do this? Arizona did it for a minute, but not not to this level. Not to this level. They got crushed, and and they're probably better off from a legal standpoint as if they have eyes on target with a National Guard, and they have eyes on target, them coming over the border. And once they have eyes and they have empirical data and proof that they crossed the border, 
for then Texas law enforcement to apprehend them. So then the next game will be from a legal place. So how do you know they're just not returning through the middle of the Rio Grande Valley, which we know that's fictitious. However, an illegal argument, the law and what's right, allegedly they're aligned, but we know there's gray areas, right? So I think what you're going to see in the short term, though, is if Governor Abbott's able to execute this, you're going to see then a mass migration into Arizona, into California. Uh, Arizona, there, there's some there's some sin and implication there with that one senator. You know, she's being very, very low key, moderate Democrat. She's not going too far to the left because she's vulnerable. But if that's the case, if Texas is able to manage that, at least put some uh, resistance or, you know, to use a Democrat word, hesitancy, like they used to use for the vaccine. If you put some uh, illegal migration hesitancy into Texas, then that shifts it to Arizona. Arizona's kind of like the moderate of the three states. And then for California, hey, you know what? They're getting exactly what they want. So I don't even think they'll have an issue with it. Like, as a matter of fact, I would not put it a, a, a across Governor Abbott's lips to say, we'll welcome anybody here uh, because we're not aligned with the racist values of Texas. I, I could hear that as a, being a great talking point, you know, because they, they, they've lost, you know, there's, there's lost congressional seats because of exodus of California. There's increased congressional seats if you're able to get them on the rolls, which is huge why they want DACA to be instituted in a pathway for citizenship because once those become American citizens legitimately, it opens up opportunities to influence the electorate. And that's really what this is about, right? If, 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 this, was, if this was a true country value, uh, then Biden would welcome everybody trying to get out from Cuba, but they don't. And why don't they? Because Cuba, one, if they come here, they're probably gonna vote conservatively. So that's gonna work against them in the congressional districts in Florida, and it's going to work against them in a national election because as that population grows, they generally like to stay in Florida because of the weather and the culture. It's very akin to them, you know, as, as they made that as they as they fled Cuba's uh, Castro's Cuba years ago. But then on the on the other side of that, you, they'll say, "Well, the reason Republicans don't want anybody coming in from California is because they're literally going to vote Democrat." So they're both at fault. There's nobody with a true true value system. It's basically. No what policy gives uh, an advantage to my electorate and my party? Because we, we know now uh, it's all about party. It's not even about being right. If you look at all the COVID shutdowns and we never got to touch on that too much, we, we know that governor's policies and state local officials policies, they don't align with their personal behavior on either side, right? You know, Ted yeah. Cruz was like, we need to work for the American people. That dude's on his way to Puerto Vallarta with his daughters. And then they call him out and he's like, oh, I had a blowout bag. I was just going to drop him off in Mexico and return. Like, if you're willing to send your kids to Mexico alone, you might as well let them fly there alone. <laughs> like, oh, what are you doing when you get them to the hotel? Like, that's when the party and that's when the, when the danger just begins. It isn't on the flight to Mexico that there's a threat. And then you have Whitmire in Michigan. You have Gavin Newsom going to the French Laundry. You have the mayor of San Francisco going to the French Laundry. You have, uh, you know, the mayor of, of Austin doing the same thing. Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservative, doesn't matter. It's easy to make rules you don't have to follow. I mean, and we saw that our entire military career, you know, we saw people put out rules and regulations and then we saw what they did on Liberty, which did not align with the rules and regulations. Right. So, you know, it, it, <laughs> it, it is what it is. It is what it is. And, and you know, what's funny is like the democratic party, like, and this just tells you the the attention span of, 90% of Americans, 
the Democrat Party is like the face of illegal immigration. Man, you've been watching the news for five minutes. Let me tell you if you believe that. The Republican Party in the modern era, bro, the Republican Party is truly the amnesty master, bro. All the way to Reagan. Reagan dropped amnesty. He was big on amnesty, bro. George H. Bush was big on illegal immigration. Second Bush number two, before he left, the last two years of his tenure, which was he did, he did two terms, he was pushing for amnesty for all illegal immigrants, bro. This is before DACA, bro. This is before Barack brought up DACA. If, that, if Bush too would have had his way, there'd be no DACA, bro. There'd be no DACA. He would have clean. He would have gave everybody the amnesty. But who denied him the amnesty before he left? The Democrat Party. <gasps> shocker. Shocker. The shocker. No, it's not a shocker, bro. It's just both parties have been playing the illegal immigration game for their own personal gain. And that's just a fact. It's just that Republicans are upset that the Democrats have, in a sense, checkmated them on this, bro. You've been checkmate. Now they have Biden, and it's just a free-for-all, bro, for what's going on. Because obviously what Trump was doing, you know, and, you know, the, the, the GOP is upset about it. And I understand that. But, bro, you helped create. You were the master of this. You were dropping amnesty, dude. You dropped amnesty in the 80s, and you were dropping amnesty in the beginning of this century with George W. Bro, come on, man. To, to put this on just one party, you, just, you don't know your history. You don't know your American history at all. You don't. Fix this, but they don't want to fix it for a multitude of reasons. One, it's a great wedge issue. It's a great to say if you don't want people to come in unchecked into our country, then then you hate the essence of our creation. No, because when people came in and, and mass immigration, they were processed through this country. Especially World when, War II, FDR. Yeah, the, the the Europeans they were processed. They just didn't come, and even when the mass exodus over uh, Fidel's regime. When, when the most affluent Cubans were able to come here, the ones that had businesses, companies, wealth, the ability to get a plane, charter a plane, get out of Cuba when they realized what was going to happen, um, there was a process as well. If you, go down to, if you go down to Southern Florida and you ask them what their political views are, you will see probably there's a generational gap, obviously, because there's a generational gap in every, every sense of culture, right? A conservative of 1950 is much different than a conservative of 1990, you know, 40 years later. And then a conservative of 2030 will look much, much different than a conservative of 1990. We don't know what that looks like. Conservative now is really what? It's it's not even really conservative. It's almost just at this point, bare bones, 75% constitutional. That's what a conservative is. They're not financially conservative anymore because under Trump, they ran the same, they ran deficit numbers uh, un unheard of, but every president does that. So they're not financially conservative. They're not uh, socially. Every, pre every, every, every president? I, we had a surplus. A certain president from a certain party had a surplus at one time in the modern era. And Clinton, who had a surplus, uh, and we did really, really well. And then uh, Bush did a great job of spending all that money on that whack war and, uh, you know, in Iraq. And, however, there, there, there's always this balance, right? I've always, I've observed in my time, I'm, I'm, I'm 51 years old, that if we have a strong foreign policy, generally our domestic policy is 
is trash and horrible. And I'll tell you, in my opinion, why is because the, the, the foreign policy generally aligns with the military industrial complex. And uh, Republicans are quick to go to war. They're quick for, for government contracts with Halliburton, with Boeing, with everybody in the, in, the, in the free world. But they're not real quick on the VA benefits, though, dog. They're not real quick no. on funding the VA the way they, when they want to say it. So then if I invert that process, the Democrats are huge on funding the VA. However, they're, they're, they, they aren't really, really big on rules of engagement that enable more people to come back alive. So they have to use less veterans benefits. So like there's this ebb and flow, right? So Bill Clinton's foreign policy was really trash, right? He was, he, he got, he saw a bunch of dead bodies in Somalia and he got scared. Now to his defense, and I'm not a big Clinton defender by any stretch. However, I'm a defender of America. It is very hard. It is very hard to have to bury Americans and watch Americans die and have to come back and face their family, your friends that knew them. So as a president, if you're truly living, living out being a true American patriot, that has to be painful to be the commander in chief and watch that. However, we know, and we've heard this multiple times and it, it's not popular, but we know in a kinetic environment, the safest place for your Marines and sailors is outside the wire fighting. That is, that is the safest place for them. Keeping them behind the wire, hoping stuff doesn't fall out of the sky and kill you is a very bad recipe. And when you stay on the defense and you're not able to be aggressive and don't have the resources you need, it becomes very, very challenging. And it turns into a Benghazi situation where you don't yield the credibility of the threat that's outside the wire. And it is what it is. We had horrible, horrible foreign policy under Clinton, but we had phenomenal domestic policy that we saw a lot of people thriving. We had a surplus. BRAC happened. So what you did see was an inversion of the military and industrial complex starting to have less impact. But then you saw greater goods for the people within the continental United States and also Hawaii and other territories as well. Absolutely. And and I will give credit to where credit's due. He kind of, uh, the Clinton era did, was able to ride the rave of the Iron Curtain, curtain falling. So that the, the attention of uh, having to compete with the Soviet Union was over. So, you know, spending those resources to defeat the Soviet Union, which Reagan was able to do, uh, benefited obviously the country and, and Clinton was able to ride the wave off that. I'm not gonna, I can't deny that. And he played, he played it great when it came to the domestic policy. Uh, but this whole thing with, with the Republican Democrat thing, man, it's just really, bro. And you just said it, you said it, it it's, it's almost, it's they're actors, bro. They're all actors. And at this moment in time, this, the country is in, is in a big flux regarding wh how, where we're going to go. We can admit that the left has the, the I'm not going to say the majority and majority, but they have the big guns. They have big tech. They obviously have the White House, they're half on the Senate and they own the House. And not only that, they, they have a lot of real estate, bro. And what I mean by that is they have higher education campuses and they have much of the public school system, bro. So, you know, we're in this bide and I can see where Abbott is, is trying to hold the line, you know, because the truth of the fact is, is Texas is probably going to go blue here in 24, bro. Let's be real. Especially if these citizens, if these uh, not citizens, I'm sorry, if these individuals who are crossing the border divert to East Texas, that's the only thing that's holding Texas from being blue is West Texas, because the big cities, San Antonio, Dallas, H-Town and A-Town, the capital are Democrat. 
through and through. And that ain't, they're never giving that up, bro. I'm letting you know that right now. That's not going to happen, bro. And all that needs to happen is West Texas to fall blue. So this, I mean, it, this is just crazy. Now, as an American and U.S., we, we can agree that how both these parties have done it were, were very selfish in their own, for their own benefit, for their own gain. But what it's doing, bro, to the country, there's some positive out of it. There's, there's quite a few positive out of it, right? People come here and they handle their business, you know, and, and they procreate, they make businesses, they they assimilate into, into our culture, you know, but at the rate that, I mean, they're expecting over 1.2 million by the end of the year, bro. And if this goes on, you're talking about 4 million, possibly 5 million people into this, into the country illegally, bro, that has a recipe for disaster, especially if you don't live in nice neighborhoods, bro. If you live in poor, bro, you're, the crime rate is going to is going to just just be horrendous, bro. This is a different kind of violence we're talking about, bro, because we're used to as as Americans, we're used to Americans don't understand this. I mean, they do. I'm sorry for that. But the free more we're, we're used to free market, right, where we could you could run a business, be in a business and not having to worry about people coming to Bogart you and say, hey, pay me a tax like law enforcement coming over to your house saying pay me a tax. Central America, in particular, Mexico and South America, they don't come from free markets, bro. They don't come from free markets. They're used to law enforcement, military, political figures coming to their property and saying, hey, where's my cut? So imagine that mindset migrating to America, bro, in urban populations where they're used to, bro, there will be no compromising, bro. There will be zero compromising. I mean, the crime that we're, that, that we're going to see in the next within 10 years is going to be crazy. And if you don't get away from that in that urban communities, bro, it's not going to be good, bro. It's not going to be good for the country. It's not. You know, when you, when you mentioned West Texas, I think that's why there's also a huge push, you know, from, from the top and, you know, the, the Green New Deal which is more more like the, the green weenie, right? Is uh, they, they want to move away from gas and oil because they know if they take away gas and oil and we go in the direction of electric cars and renewable energy, which we already have nuclear energy and they don't want to use that because that doesn't fit the narrative and the agenda. However, if they are able to push people away from oil and gas, then that basically erodes the whole need for West Texas. The only reason anyone is in West Texas is because of oil and gas. like. You would not choose to live in Midland, Texas, if you couldn't make $80 an hour working on those oil rigs. Like you just wouldn't. So that automatically just continue, just decimates that. So then when you have minimal resources, then you have minimal activity, then you have minimal impact, and then you have even reduced influence in the electorate. It, it goes down to like these rural areas down south. You know, we talked about that before. You go down to the rural areas and everyone's really nice. I, I don't I didn't I didn't experience racism on any on any platform when I've been to Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, Tennessee. And a lot of it comes down to limited resources. When there's only a few places that you can go to get things, people tend to be able to co-op and share that when they know it's limited. Uh, they and when, when they remove. Yeah. Yeah. When you remove West Texas's ability to have any influence and that lobby leaves, you know, but I don't think it is, though. I mean, I, I, I don't think. Uh, oil and gas, is, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think they're going to make some things uh, 
<coughs> excuse me, uh, law like they are in California, where the majority are going to have to be electric cars by 20, 30, 35. You know, but then again, that's those are people making decisions that they don't got to live with, which is generally 99% of the politicians. You know, it's easy to say uh, defund the police because you don't live in an area that's ridden with crime. You know, I can go back home and I have family, friends that are that are in East LA. Tina has friends that, that are, you know, in, in lower, lower socioeconomic areas in Southern Texas. And the crime is there is very high. And, and the first person that people call when things go bad is law enforcement, whether you like them or not. Every time a cop showed up to one of these areas and there's a bad outcome, whether it's deservedly or not deservedly, and it's not within the rules of engagement or not, I'm not gonna argue those points, but someone within that own community called the police, right? Like an example, uh, your, 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 uh, your boy Sherman that got into it, he was drunk and trying to bang the door down to his uh, in-laws house, come through. You know, he's talking like he's a 19 year old kid, right? This drunk at some frat party, pounding on the door, very violent. And, and, and that's a big dude, he's a strong guy. For the record, not as strong as Ronnie Lott. My assessment would have been Ronnie Lott would have probably knocked that door down. However, that's a conversation for another podcast in sports. But his wife called the police. Now, if I were to research her social media, what will I find about her opinion of police? It's like I've high, high octane opinion of law enforcement until they need them. You know, and that's just the way it is. It's human nature. Someone had to call the Hey, every time the cops show up to a shooting in Chicago, someone had to call them. Who called them? Right. The parents of the victim, the friends of the victim. And, and, I, and I believe, I wholeheartedly believe that the brunt of this, uh, you know, defund the police and all cops are, you know, uh, all, all the, the B word, whatever the case may be. I don't think the majority of the people in those areas actually believe that. I don't. I think that if you're Hispanic or African-American and you live in these environments, you have to believe in that publicly because you got to live there for one. And then that don't live there that aren't impacted by not having police in their neighborhoods, like an area like where I live, if you're African-American in my community, you could probably say that because it's not real to you. It's not real to you. Like you police. It's not real to you because you don't live in an area that's going to be affected by defunding the police. I live outside the city limits, so I have Bear County sheriffs, and and there's there's not a lot of crime here. Uh, there is crime, but if I were to call Bear County sheriff, I probably have a sheriff here within five minutes, hundred percent. If if you call a cops at, at SAPD within the city limits of San Antonio, you're probably not going to get a less than five minute response. So the people that really believe the defund the police model don't live with it or they're they making, I mean, you're probably, you're in a great, you're in a great opportunity to speak to this Minneapolis, the, the, the ground zero, the Mecca of the defund the police effort because of George Floyd last year, what's happening now in Minneapolis and how's law enforcement and crime looking in that area? Bro, uh, it's, 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 it's a debacle to be honest with you because they set a precedence during that time. And the crime rate is crazy, astronomical statistics, bro, in crime. And people of color, people of my color, people of, uh, of you know, black, black Americans, they're not for it, bro. They're, they are, you know, asking for more police. But the precedents that the city made, the city council by, you know, speaking on the, speaking these terms of defunding the police, 
bro, it, it, it's it's it it backfired big time, bro. And and they're suffering big time, man. That city, that area will net. You're from Los Angeles, the '92 riots, bro. How long did it take for LA to recover from that, bro? Not recovered 100. percent They're not recovered. They're not bro, recovered from that. So I mean, this is history repeats itself here, bro. The Twin Cities will never be the same, bro. Will never be the same for what occurred. Allowing a police precinct to be overran, bro. Come on, my guy. Wow, bro. The precedence that set, not only for the Twin Cities, but for the entire nation, bro. That's That was bad, bro. That was horrible, man. And like you said, people who are not living it don't have to worry about that, right, man? That's, you know, there's no, they don't have skin in the game is, is what I, I like, to, the term I like to use. It's easy, like you said, to, to speak, and on, speak on it when you're not living it and when you don't have skin in the game. And in the Twin Cities, in, in regards to Minneapolis, that it'll never be the same, bro. I was talking to my neighbor, right? He's, I live in rural America out here. Bro, he is, a, a well, majority of Ameri- uh, my neighbors are of European descent. Bro, they say they feel like an outcast when they go to the city, bro. They're packing. Like, you're a target. If you're of European descent and you go to the city, you're a target, bro. And I just, I'm just like, wow, like it's 2021. We're in the US and we're speaking on this, bro. Like, that is just amazing to me, dude. So, I mean, I, honestly, like, man, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're fine. It's, it's, yeah politicians that, that speak to that rhetoric, you know, you, you can't tell me you're, you're oppressed when you have multi-million dollar homes. You can't tell me you're oppressed when you're the first active person to make a billion dollars. That's just, that's just not in the countries that when you speak out against the government, you get snatched up in the middle of the night and people say, Oh, we're close to that here. Maybe we are, maybe we're, we're not. I don't, I don't think we are. I think we're in a place now where, on social media platforms, you can't say certain things because you may get doxxed. Yeah, uh, you may get shut down, and it certainly uh, can be viewed as censorship. And and we talked about this as social media platforms, like oh, they're private companies. They have the clause, you know, three twenty that allows them not to be liable and be able to pull things, and they're not they're not adherent to the constitution. And then you know that the former president has a lawsuit against them, saying they're colluding with government, which you heard uh, Biden's press secretary basically say we are talking and we're giving them recommendations of what to pull off social media. So that inherently is the government identifying things. And that could be litigated. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not that smart. We still have the first amendment to speak publicly what we want to speak about, right? Like if I go to Denny's, I could say whatever I want. If I go to the, to the, to the Walmart or Dollar Tree or whatever, I could say what I want to anybody. You're accountable, how people react in terms of how it could affect you. That's, that's adult roles. Right. But I, but I also feel that social media platforms in this point now, the way they're utilized in our country, I think we couldn't account for this. And it's not, it's going to sound like kind of asymmetrical, but it's almost like a municipality service at this point. Like you get up in the morning, there's a couple of things that have to happen for you to be able to be functional in a home in America. You have to have paid your, your light bill. So you could have AC or heat and lights. You have to have paid your water bill. So you could take a shower, brush your teeth and flush the toilet. And you have to have internet connectivity so, so you can watch your television, get online, uh, run your, your social media, your, your phone, all that. And then where does the majority of Americans get their information and their news? 
people aren't watching regular television anymore. People don't sit down like our era of saying, Oh, I like uh, the show SEAL Team on CBS. Now I got to wait for every Wednesday or Thursday for that show to come up. Now that, but they're losing, they're losing money at the seams. That's why they have to be so controversial. The real hustle is load a whole season onto Netflix or Hulu, and you can binge watch everything and have access to everything. Where do where do people? If you go, hey, I just bought this uh, this new drill. Where, where do where do you go to look up how to use it? You go to YouTube. You know, yes. if you go, hey, I'm I'm in the business of buying a new uh, hoster for my whatever. You go to YouTube. If you go, oh, my kids want a loft bed. You know, where do I research that? You go on to social media sites or you Google it, then it shows up on your feed. Social media platforms now are as equally influential and as utilized as daily municipalities. They are. Yes. So when if you were to remove somebody off of social media, i.e. the president, i.e. you, i.e. Ben Shapiro, i.e. whoever it is, uh, Farrakhan, whoever the case may be, if I'm running for public office and I don't have the ability to be on any social media platforms, I'm severely disadvantaged. I'm severely yes. disadvantaged. And my fundraising is disadvantaged. My ability to buy ad time on network television is severely uh, impacted. So I think there needs to be a dialogue that these social media platforms, either A, need to be broken up, or B, they need to uh, be, be categorized as municipality services because they're used that way. And when they want to proliferate the COVID vaccine, where do they go to? If they're out here validating messages are accurate or not accurate on Facebook or Instagram, then that tells you that's a municipality service, right? Like yes. it's no different than going to the light company and going, Hey, my light bill was $8,000. You overcharged me. They'll come back and say, that's actually flagged. We have a copy of your bill. We didn't charge you $8,000. So which facts are you checking? Right? We know what they're checking, right? Because it's, it's right. advantageous. And guess what? And people can villainize the Democrats all they want. And some of it's requisite needed and some of it's not. But I tell you this, if a bunch of uh, conservative quasi Republicans bought Twitter and this was being uh, weaponized by Republicans or conservatives against Democrats, they would have no problem with it either. Correct. Ideologues, they're only ideologues when they're disadvantaged. 100%. They're not ideologues when they have the upper hand, right? They don't like, have to remember, remember, they didn't trust the vaccine. You're right, because they didn't trust the vaccine. Harris said that she wouldn't get the vaccine because she don't trust Trump's vaccine. All these vaccines were created under Trump's watch. Yes. So trust it or you don't trust it. So then all the Republicans that said, well, I like Trump, so I'll get the vaccine. But now they don't want the vaccine because Biden's president. You know, you're, 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 uh, you're fake news as well. I, I, I want to ride with the person that has a legitimate reason to want to be vac vac vaccinated or not. And if you don't want to be, I'm okay with that. And for you go, well, you're putting other people at risk. Well, those other people should be vaccinated then if that's what their concern is. I don't think unvaccinated people should be concerned with the health of other unvaccinated people. Yes. Man, for your fork. It's, such, it's, bro, it's, oh my goodness, man. It's like, it's crazy because uh, as you can see what was going on recently uh, with Rand Paul and Fauci, uh, with the argument, that, I mean, they've been going at it since the beginning, since this thing broke out. They've been going at it for a minute. And 
what's clear is as we what, what's clear is that we know that the Chinese Communist Party created it, but certain elites, certain medical elites were able to here in America were able to finagle into the government to, to help uh, subsidize what goes on at the Wuhan lab. So, and now it's like, China's like, nah, we didn't create it. And obviously people like Dr. Fauci who denied subsidizing it, but he actually did, um, are, are obviously denying it as well. So we have a bunch of, in particular our country, nobody wants to take responsibility, bro. If anything, at the very least, they'll blame, they'll put it on Trump for whatever reason. And it's just, you, you can't really run a nation like that, bro, without recognizing the mistakes you made, admitting the mistakes you made, and doing and moving forward to be a better nation. I mean, we do that every day in our lives, bro. Like, I've made mistakes in my life. You made mistakes. You're like, I got I to gotta evolve here or I'm, I'm not going to work. It's not, it's not going to work out for me. We can't do that as a nation, bro. We, we, we just cannot do that as a nation. And I don't know when this is going to take place, man. I don't know if we're ever going to be able to get to this because the truth of the fact is, is that the country really is, it's, I don't want to say it's torn, but bro, half the country, almost like half the country in a sense is like what you would call conservative. And the other half is like, you know, what you would call in a sense liberal. So where can we come to common ground on, bro? We can't even come to common ground on, on immigration policies. You know, we just cannot like, what is it? So, so really what, what has to take place, what has to take place is the States, the state, that's where the, actually the real power is at, bro, is the States mandating things and changing things from within because Biden has so much power, he has a lot of power, but obviously the Santos or DeSantis, and then you got governor Abbott, they are really holding the line regarding their value system. And that's how it needs to take place. It's the states, dude. That's 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 how it's going to take place in regards to that. So I, it's just you know it's interesting because when you talked about California and you were talking about hey California is going to play the hey you're welcome here. Well, why is California doing that? Well, California is doing that because obviously they're a sanctuary state. They have a huge deficit, a state deficit. Even though Pelosi was able to bail them out recently with the with the COVID. Uh, a stipend that Biden passed a couple of months ago because they're about 30 years behind on their uh, on their pension, on their state pensions, which amounts to like, I think it was like three billion dollars, bro, that they're behind on. Uh, but Biden helped them out with that. But reason why California needs that, bro, is is based off, obviously, their state pensions. They need as many people in the state to be to to, to uh, you know, pay into their system. Like, hey, that's where they give people driver's license. That, hey, you just showed up yesterday. Here's a driver's license, bro. Hopefully you get a job and put into the system. It, you know, that's just how the state of California runs, man. They, you know, they need to pay off their, you know, pay into the, into the system. So everyone just has their own ways of doing business. The truth of the fact is, is that when California is rolling, though, there it's a, bro, it's a powerhouse, bro. It is a powerhouse when it comes to the economy. I think, I think but. Prior to COVID, it was like the fourth most powerful uh, economy in the world, bro. In the world. Go ahead. Hey, the evidence is it's it's primarily run by immigrants, so that there's the proof and the value, right? Yes. But it, it, yes. You know, what came what came first, the chicken or the egg? Right? We know as believers that it was the chicken, not the egg. They'll tell right. you that it was the egg because they created that. So 
I think that we also look like, I don't know if anyone's looking at this strategically, but in, in my view, what I'm, what I'm looking at is, you know, we had Eisenhower in, in the 50s uh, caution us to the military industrial complex, right? And, and we see that now warfare has changed um, how we wage warfare, the cyber element. Uh, it's, it's expensive. <clears throat> well, when you're looking at the capabilities and the end strength, we're not going to probably see a large growth to that. There's probably not an appetite on either side for the growth of the manpower. There's a growth from capability and technology. But I think the new way ahead, uh, and, and we're going to use the, the immigration issue, we're going to use COVID, is the, the, the health industrial complex is going to be as equally formidable as the military industrial complex. Because right now you have COVID-19. Well, then we have the Delta variant. And then we have the Delta variant one night stand strain that shows up COVID, in six COVID months. COVID-21. Yeah, we have all these things, right? Then there's the whole, well, we're gonna need a booster for the COVID, right? And then we wanna make it mandatory. And I, I think they need to do a couple of things. They, they need to probably get this thing certified and approved through the FDA for multiple reasons. There's just people that, that are probably apolitical and the majority of Americans are apolitical, right? The only ones that are political are the ones that are being paid for it to do that, right? Or they have impact to that. Most people are apolitical, especially with, with COVID. The media has made you pick a side based on your politics or they, they've alluded to that, right? Like if you're not woke, you don't have a vaccine, et cetera. But we know that's not true for most Americans. Some Americans are just very leery of getting something that's in a emergency use phase, right? Now, and, and when you look at the, the survivability rate, and then you looked at the first run of COVID, we knew that there was two comorbidities for fatalities. So that we know now, 18 months later, it's like 4.7 comorbidity factors for every death. So that means, you know, you're either a, a food bomb, you're hypertensive, you're diabetic, you have a compromised immune system, you're a smoker, you're a heavy drinker, you recently uh, fought cancer and we're going through chemotherapy, whatever it is, some of it's self-induced, some of it's not. I'm not here to argue those points. What I'm here to tell you is that there's so many comorbidities that go into having bad outcomes. <clears throat> so I think once you get FDA approval, I think for a lot of people and for parents of kids, I think you may see a different posture on that because there's a reason you don't see any COVID vaccine commercials. Why? Because they can only be on TV if they're FDA approved. And once they're FDA approved, you have to publicly disclose all their side effects. Now, I'm not this conspiracy theorist thinking that there's all these bad outcomes. There's bad outcomes every year, every year from Motrin, from Tylenol, from particular antibiotics, from other painkillers. There's bad outcomes. So I know that if I watch particular news outlets, they're just going to highlight the bad outcomes and they may not have some context. And then I know if I watch other outlets, they're going to just highlight all the great things. And it's weird that if the hesitancy is among Republican states and Trump supporters, I find it weird that a bunch of Democrats care about what happens to them. That's bizarre to me. Like if, 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 the, if the line's been drawn, what do you care? Right. Less, less vote, less people on the voter polls, the rose. Why do you care? Do you really care? Like, or you just want them to do something they don't want to do. Right. And that has nothing to do with Republican or Democrat. That just happens to 
to be people in power, right? People on yes. the left say we need to control guns, we need to control because they want power. They don't want that. And the people on the right, you know, these guys were post on Instagram. They have two hundred guns. They're 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 telling people that don't have guns something. I'm doing this, and there's nothing you can do about it. And then yes. the other side is like, well, I want to do something, so you can't do that. And it doesn't matter what the what the issue is. If it's a wedge issue, I could find the Republicans doing it to the left, and I could find the Democrats doing it to the right. So it's it's in interesting that the majority of the alleged vaccine hesitancy are because they're Trump supporters. Then, and if all the Biden supporters are vaccinated, then you should be good, based on your own argument. Yes. So what's the issue? True. What's the what's the issue? Like, 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 like Chicago, I would love for them to fix all that, all the crime, all the gangs, all the fatherless homes, all the government assistance, East LA, I would love for them to fix all the gang issues. Guess what? I don't live there. So if you defund the police in East LA, I'm there this much of my life. <laughs> I don't have a vested, I don't have a vested interest to go fix that. So if nobody that's getting the vaccine is voting on your side, what do you care? If you're vaccinated, you should be good based on your own knowledge, based yes. on your own theory. I mean, I'm just bringing it up for a discussion point because I think that's probably your response. And then I think at that point, we'll probably close out for this topic and then we'll we'll close out and then we'll we'll figure something out for the next. So what are your thoughts on, on that, on those those conversation points? I honestly, man, I think it, it should be it's up to it's up to the American and their doctor. You know, but obviously we know states are going full fledged. California is one of them and some other counties. I think it's the, the capital. Sacramento is saying in order for you to work in establishments, you have to show some type of vaccination card. I mean, they're already, you know, they're they're going how they're going, man. And uh, really, it's just it's it's really I think it personally, in my belief. I think it should be up to you. I think it should be up to the individual. And and, and, and if you want to keep that private, that, that's money. That That's your right to keep that private. What we do know is this, is that with, with the vaccinations, whether you have one, two, three, the booster, whatever the case may be, but by this time next year, you'll have to have six shots to be up to date. What we do know is this, is that whether you have it or not, whether you have it, you could still get COVID. You can actually still die from COVID, right? And actually, as we know it today, the vaccination can kill you itself. It has, it has already. So it's just really, I mean, my personal preference is my personal preference. You know, I won't speak on it here, you know, cause that's my right as an American, but I, I truly believe that it, it should be your choice, man. What I would say is seeing how Americans are, I want to say about 80% of Americans are considered uh, obese. You know, 80% of Americans are considered obese. And what we do know is if you are grossly overweight, you are, you know, the COVID is foaming at the mouth, bro. Like, oh my goodness, just ready to take you, bro. But that's not being talked about. That's like, bro, if you're fat, overweight, you're an average smoker, that's not being talked about, bro. That That's not, get the vaccine. That's the easiest fix. You know, the VA does it all the time. Like, oh, you have, you ever heard any disc? Go get surgery. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm I'm going to fix this on my own. I can do it. I believe I can do it. You know, so we push these things on, 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 on citizens and really Americans need to pay attention. We need to pay attention, man. And, uh, you know, I had a cousin that, that uh, lost his life from COVID. 
he lost his life, man. And uh, it was a sad moment for my family, yet he had preconditions, bro. You know, he was uh, pretty big for his for his age and he was an avid smoker, you know, and, and, and he, according to family members, he said if he ever got COVID, it would cash him out. So he knew, brother, he knew, you know, but that's we're not pushing that. We're not pushing how how we need to cut our diets, how we need to change our habits of whatever the case may be smoking, you know, but that's not being pushed, bro. It's this vaccination thing. And, you know, I'm all positive, bro. I heard that has some type of uh, Kryptonian to the COVID and I'm not an avid smoker and I'm not obese. I'm a vegetarian. So that's pretty much you kind of know where I'm at with that. I'm going to take my chances. I'm going to take my chances with it, man. And, and, and I'm not, I don't, I don't disclose myself just like I wouldn't go ask somebody what their cholesterol level is. I look fat to me at Walmart just because it's a HIPAA violation. Right. But right. I mean, and for the record between you and I, we have, you know, a lot of years of military service. So we are truly not anti-vax people at all. We I've gotten more vaccines than the average civilian. And not only have I gotten them, I was the proliferator of said vaccines to all my Marines, all my sailors. So I've given thousands of vaccines throughout my career. So I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any stretch. I understand science, but we're not picking science now. We're just picking opinions because they align with talking points. And as you and I are the true lovers of America, we want you to make an opinion for yourself. I don't, I'm not gonna tell you what to think. I'm just gonna tell you, why don't you think instead of just following the sheep. Hey, with that, brother, we close out for the weekend, man. I bid you and the and the tribe a great weekend uh, with family and friends. And then we will be back up on the end game again next week. I think this is a great model for us. It's a, a great time that we're able to be able to cut away from the family and, and have a great conversation and, and have it public for everyone to kind of chime in on. And at the same time, be able to enjoy uh, the fruits of our labor. With that, Absolutely. any closing remarks, bro? No, I'm good, brother. I'm gonna wish you a great weekend in return, man. Enjoy your enjoy your uh, your your weekend in that heat, brother. I gotta pass on that heat, bro. I gotta pass. <laughs> Have a great weekend, man. Talk to you soon. You too. You too, brother. Out. All right, bye. -bye.